named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark. Well, unfortunately, um, I'm not joined uh, by Mr. Sam Hunter this morning. Um, he's had an emergency that he's had to attend to. So uh, thoughts with you, Sam. Hopefully everything works out. We are continuing our discussion in regards to the agent solicitor Cold War uh, today we've got our third guest joining us to just discuss how we can hopefully make some in, improvement. And I'm actually recording this intro just after the, the conversation with today's guest. And it's given me some real key takeaways. And I'll be honest, I thought we were quite good at the conveyancing piece. And what the last few weeks has taught me is there are so many improvements to, to be made. But rather than um, talk about those now at this stage, I'm going to dive in, introduce today's guest, and we'll do a very short wrap after we've spoken to her. Completing our three-part series about the estate agent solicitor Cold War, today we're joined by a woman who's been involved in the property industry for nearly 30 years. She's, she's done just about everything in estate agency and has been working with agents and their chosen partner for the last decade, with a massive focus on getting agents and solicitors to work better together. She was referred to us as the perfect person as she speaks both languages fluently. Claire Yates, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. Good to be here. No, thank you very, thank you very much for, for joining us. We've been, given your experience, we've been quite looking forward to this one. And before we get into sort of some solutions that hopefully we can help improve the agent solicitor relationship and the, the home moving process as a whole, first tell us as we start every, every episode, tell us from your perspective, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? And then also maybe what does world-class conveyancing look like as well? Well, that's a great one. So for me, estate agents help people move. There's an awful lot of agents shout about they sold this house and they sold that house. But actually, there's no agent that can sell a house without the help of the seller to begin with, to change their lifestyle so that they are actually able to have freedom to show people around at a time that it suits the agent. So... And to do that, they've got to have full cooperation. And I quite often talk about agents as being custodians of uh, somebody's property where they've got the keys and the front door code, sorry, the burglar alarm code to a property. And I can't think of any strangers I'd do that with <laughs> on the basis of just talking to them for 45 minutes to an hour. But having got that, that privilege of holding the keys and the burglar alarm code, they then choose other strangers that are going to walk around that owner's property. And so to me, world-class agency is understanding what a privilege that is to be the guardian and custodian of their life, the right to interrupt their weekends and their evenings until that property is sold. But also what's really important is they can't sell a house on their own. An estate agent needs the cooperation of a conveyancer and um, quite frequently some form of financial advisor and frequently a local surveyor who's going to come in and either going to help or not help them to get sold. So I think world-class agency is about working as a collaborative team with like-minded professionals that are united in helping their single client to get moved. And that is, to me, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, I, I always I always consider, and one thing I actually say to my clients quite a lot is this is a partnership. You might be able to sell your house without me, but probably not get got the best results. And I definitely can't sell my house without you. But then it's also, as you say, with those profession, professional partners. What about world-class conveyancing, Claire? So world-class conveyancing, once again, is where a lawyer actually explains what they can and can't do. Um, and also working in collaboration with the agent on managing that client's expectations on when it's likely to happen and what needs to be done. I think the best conveyances I've ever met are the ones that start by giving um, a catch up on where they are so far with the clients. So this is where we are. Then explain to them what they're going to do and where they see it going for the next few weeks. Um, and then asking them if they've got any questions so that all of the time the client knows what's going to happen next. At the moment, it tends to be just give me a call if you need to ask me anything, and then they're not available. But I think you should make an appointment to speak to your solicitor. You shouldn't be able to just barge into their day when they're in the middle of doing something quite complex and just expect an update for them to drop everything. You can't get service like that anywhere else. You can't walk into a shop and push past the queue. You can't walk into a doctor's surgery and just demand to be seen by a doctor instantly. So we really have to understand that solicitors do have more than one client and that it would be advisable if you want a really comprehensive call to actually make an appointment so the solicitor has at least looked at your file before you start asking them questions. That, that seems really quite a basic idea. Why is it so uncommon? Well, unfortunately, I think that people have had no lessons in how to uh, do conveyancing. They've had no uh, guidance from anybody. And unfortunately, and this is where estate agents sometimes let themselves down, is they just go, go and give your solicitor a ring or tell you what, why don't I ring them now? <laughs> and uh, the client is watching that behavior and thinks that's what happens, that my solicitor is engaged to deal with my file and they're on call to me when I need them, whenever I need them. And this is actually what's making people really difficult. And it's slowing the whole process down because they're not available whenever you need them. They are professional people. And if we want them to do our file, we don't want them interrupted every 10 minutes with, uh, can I have an update, please? Because that's just not, it's not practical. Oh, well, and if you're interrupted in the middle of your work, that's where mistakes happen as well. So we can hardly yeah. blame, if we're ringing them every two minutes, we can hardly blame solicitors but then there has to be a system in place to update clients and agents alike on a regular basis right well i also think there has to be an optimum number of cases that a lawyer yeah. is handling at any given time and i've heard i know peter ambrose has been on your show before and he's got a very clear opinion and he's talking about about 60 70 75 matters per fee yeah. and i think that's fair because for every matter that they have on their desk, they will get six inbound calls a week on average. And that will be the estate agent on either side, the client, possibly the IFA, the solicitor on the other side, and so on. So you can guarantee that whatever numbers, if they've got 100 files, they're going to get 600 inbound calls per week. And there is no way that a fee earner earning what we currently pay them can manage that caseload without help. And if you bring in the help, then how much of that fee is diluted? So we we are in a self-fulfilling prophecy in that we're not valuing what they do enough. We think we have the right to interrupt them. 
and we're and and people have got cost comparison sites on do your cheapest conveyancing here and it's really bad for our business so we have to look at there's a variety of factors but i think the most important thing is we have to go back to seeing conveyances as specialists that we need they are essential but they should be paid the right fee and given the time to do it and how do you think we do that because that it that makes a lot of sense but it seems like a million miles away from where we are at the moment presumably we've got to start taking some small incremental steps is that something that you do help agents and conveyances from from your line of work with CY training works is that something that you help to to try and nurture or how do you see us as an industry trying to adapt that philosophy across the board so there's two sides to the training the first of it is that the estate agent needs to be able to sell something not based on fee but on value they can do it with their own fees but they need to be able to do it with conveyancing so one of the things i quite often say is to a client is how long is the queue that you want to be part of because if you want a short queue you pay more and if you're prepared to wait and stand in line behind 150 other people to get your call answered then you pay this fee and it doesn't take very long because most people will pay for a fast pass at disney world they'll pay um priority boarding for their cheap airfare all of those things to, and and quite often go through security in a fast lane if they could so actually telling them they could get their conveyancing done faster if they pay more shouldn't be difficult, but we somehow do get locked into that. And the second the second area is really for the fee earners, the conveyances, to start to collaborate with an agent and say, let's have a scheduled Zoom, okay, wait for this, a Zoom meeting. A Zoom meeting where we'll have the client, the IFA and the agent on the call to give one update instead of four. It's not difficult to do, and the client will probably appreciate it rather than uh, the lottery of, am I going to get through today? Maybe, maybe not. And the agent saying, your solicitor's not taking my calls, is that there's one Zoom meeting once a week on that file or on a few files and the client comes in and out according to. But there are smart ways to manage inbound calls. And at the moment, uh, solicitors very much heavily rely on either call answering or voicemail. That's really interesting because um, my wife uh, came into the business fairly recently on, on the agency side and she said, well, I just want to do an email copying everyone in, all the parties into the chain. Can I do it? And I was like, no, probably not. And she was like, well, why not? And I, was like, I don't know, really. It's just not the done, not the done thing. Why are ideas like that Zoom meeting or you know, email chains to keep everyone updated? Why are they so rare? It seems from my perspective, I would think solicitors are reluctant to do it, but why? Well, I think we're all doing what we've always done. Yeah. We're being trained by somebody who's done the job for years before, and they train the good habits and the bad habits. They train legacy. There is a reluctance to use technology. Um, Solicitors are risk averse. I've got to be very careful how I put this, because I know some fabulous solicitors who are using great technology, collaborating with agents really effectively. Um, but I've also seen some really antiquated systems where the, the man with the bike that delivers the post in the morning is the one that's governing the speed of your transaction. So we've got we've got two parallels, but uh, agents don't necessarily share innovation. And yeah, I think that you, you just ask a fee earner, a conveyancer at the moment, how they feel about their job. And most of them are on the floor. They're mm-hmm. not loving their job. There is an exodus from the industry because they don't feel valued. And they're not trained to deal with difficult people and they deal with a lot of difficult people. 
So there's there's a problem there, and they're not paid very well to do that. And on the other side of it, we we we're just not helping them to 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 do some really smart things. So so yeah, I think it's a training issue and just not spreading the good news. Do you know what? I did all my sales pro- progression by Zoom. I need it. Do you hear an agent talking about that loudly? No, you don't. And I think I think they should. Yeah, I think I think you're right because that. I want to ask you a question about how, as agents and solicitors and conveyance solicitors, we can help win clients for life. But actually, that's the type of story that would turn what is a really negative part of the process at the moment into a positive, but also do it in a really efficient way so everyone's got more time to pro- progress the sale. Because that, so far in our chat, that's the shocking stat for me. Six inbound calls per case per week and i can sure i can can imagine it because i'm in this list all the time i'm thinking well actually that is you know a phenomenal amount of work to deal with before you've even picked the file up so mark there's another really worrying thing here so if um if i go past an estate agent's office if they're on the high street or i look on their website uh, if they're virtual then i can see how many properties they're selling and I can see how they're advertising. I can see everything about it. But actually, a client cannot see, and neither can an agent, how much work a solicitor has on when they instruct them, which is a is a worry. And quite often, the instruction will be taken not by the conveyance themselves, but maybe by an onboarding team or a yeah. front of house team or sales team, or with some panel arrangements. I'm sure you're aware that literally the instruction is just sent straight through to them. They've got to actually say no. Now that visibility goes all the way through. So I can see your for sale boards. And if your for sale boards turn to sold, I know how quickly you flip that house to being sold. And then I'll see very quickly if I'm a nosy neighbor or I'm watching a particular street, how soon the removal vans come and go and the board comes down. So I've got a very visible image of, of your success as an estate agent. And if I really am intrigued, then I can either wander in, give you a call, or I can, and I can invite you to come and sit on my sofa and have a chat with me about how you work. Mm. You can't do any of that in this listing. You can't see the offices. You can't talk to the people just naturally who are going to do your work. You have no idea how much work they've got on and you don't know how effective they are, how efficient they are. You can't see turnaround times. So it's like, don't tell me I'm feeling lucky. It's, it's, it's terrifying. And so for me, what we really need to do is have some some basic honesty that you say to a solicitor, I want to give you my work, but I don't want to overload you. Then I'd like to have an agreement that if you've got up to 70, 75 cases on your desk, that you're honest enough to tell me. Um, and we look to try and manage that. And in turn, I will also keep the clients off your off your back in a, in a way that will help you to get on with the job. Because if they don't do the work, then they, you can't move. And do you think that's a really important part of the job that maybe agents have missed? Keep, because that's you know something that no agent would, I don't think, would really say to their conveyance, or I'll keep the clients off your back. Well, they should, because they're not going to get paid unless they do. <laughs> you know, you don't send the client to the solicitor and say, go and give your solicitor a call and give them a good talking to. They won't return my calls. We shouldn't be playing that helpless bit. World-class agency is that your client is with a professional that you know, like, and trust. World-class agency is helping a client that knows nothing about conveyancing or how to choose a solicitor, how to choose the right one. And I think there are too many agents going, hey, you just go down the road and go and choose a solicitor for me and then tell me who you're going to use. That's abdicating responsibility. And then if you don't get paid, whose fault is it? To me, 
it just having no interest in who's going to write your paycheck is is insanity yeah i think you're absolutely right and actually it's something that we discussed as you said before with peter last week and it's probably one of the big themes that's come out of um this sort of three-part series that we've done is that agents have to get more involved in that process and you know stop abdicating responsibilities as you said um, yeah. can we talk about what you um what you say on your LinkedIn, which is that you help law firms and estate agents to win more new business, improve customer relationships and create clients for life. And we've probably talked a little bit around this already, Claire, but how do you think law firms and estate agents can actually win more new business, improve those relationships and help create the clients for life in addition to you know, some of the ideas that you've, you've already been kind enough to share? Well, there's a few things. So first of all, I think from the, from the very first time that the estate agent does evaluation, they need to say that um, there's actually a team of people that get you moving. I can't do this alone. And they have to be honest about it. I am, as your estate agent, I'm your fundraiser. I'm here to raise as much money from the sale of your property as we can physically do to enable you to go to wherever you want to go, whether it's down by the sea, your forever home, your uh, retirement home, your flat in London, whatever it is you're planning to do, I'm here to raise the funds. And the next person you need is a solicitor or conveyancer that's going to arrange for you no longer to be responsible for this property and for you to uh, to go to where you want to as efficiently as possible and within your timescales, if achievable. And if you are looking to raise some more money, uh, you also need a financial advisor that's going to crunch the numbers. So you take this semi raised for you and you make it work for you with repayments and interest rates and so on. And the last person you're probably going to need is somebody that's going to check this building out for you to make sure that it's going to continue to give you joy, not just this year, but in the years to come. Um, so you can do this the hard way and you can run up and down the street looking for a number of different strangers that don't know me and, and, and don't know the other guys. Or you can allow me to help you with this and I'll take you through this every step of the way. So immediately you're in charge of helping the client to choose professionals and I think that that's a much more, um, it's an easier way to explain um, cross-selling. And then the next thing is to explain to a client why they should pay more for a fee earner. Um, the solicitor should understand what, if you're paying referral fees as a solicitor, you should be able to establish what that referral fee is for. Because if I go and recommend to somebody a local pub or a restaurant, I don't go walking down to that restaurant and demand 25 quid every time I did it. I would, just wouldn't do it. But if you said to the solicitor, I've marketed it for you, I've sold it for you, and the client is ready to go ahead, then that starts to have some value. And if you have some really cool tech, which is out there, and you can actually onboard the client, so the client has completed the TA6 and they've done their anti-money laundering checks, then you've really added value to the solicitor and you've saved them at least two hours of work, in which case, claim your referral fee. So there's some really, really smart ways that you can you can do this, um, but you have to have an understanding of why, and you have to then know how to do it, and you have to have the words and, and be able to articulate it. But most clients would love a service like that because that's what world class agency really does look like. Yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't agree more. I'm sure that there's again not very many solicitors asking what the referral fee actually is is for and getting the agents to. Get more involved, I think, is you know, is a summary of, of what we've dis discussed so so far, not just in helping them choose the solicitors, but then actually making the process start on the right foot and continue 
along the right foot to actually free the solicitor up to do the work that they need to do on the file to get the transaction for the, through at a reasonable time. Yeah, I mean, certainly this is what we were working on um, with, um, you know, with Not Dighton recently was a really exciting new service that put the agents and the solicitors as partners. Mm. And and it really does, um, it really does shine out. So I think, you know, from my perspective, having solicitors and estate agents recognising their role and how they can help each other is the way that we we deliver that great customer service. And I want people to ask their clients how they feel at the end of a transaction. I don't think there's enough of that. There's an awful lot of backslapping saying we did it, but I'd really like to ask the customer how they felt because an awful lot of them feel that they had to do all the work, that, that they were caught in the middle of a squabble and they will walk away with not a great opinion of either business. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're, you're absolutely right. And um, is there anything else that you think you'd like to change if you had a completely open book about the agent conveyance relationship other than what we've talked about so so far Claire is there anything else do you think they could be closer aligned I know some will work in the same building and that sort of thing but is there anything else you think that um we could do to benefit that relationship to help enforce some of the changes that we've talked about absolutely so there's on the training side the first thing is that estate agents should and must have conveyancing training as standard um, to not understand the process by which a house is transferred from one person to another and how they get paid is is pretty unforgivable, really. We can't just sit there and not know. And the same goes for um, the mortgage process as well. So estate agents just have to be more educated from the get-go. Um, but that applies to solicitors and conveyances as well, that there is a need for them to understand how estate agents operate the way that they work, the fact that there are still many agents that work on contingency. So in other words, their fees are high because they're only going to get paid on a percentage of the deals that go through. Um, that the number of properties they list and don't get paid on um, has to, you know, it creates a cost that the agent has to bear. Yeah. And I don't think that many solicitors really ever think about that side of it. So an education on both sides. So they stop being sitting in silos and they actually really, really effectively communicate. And then add value to each other because they can. There is one other area where um, I thought this was outstanding. And an estate agent wanted to go out and value a property, but it was quite a big property with some land and went to a solicitor, paid the princely sum of three pounds for an OC1 and a plan. And what they did is they took it to the solicitor and the solicitor said, you realise that this is actually two different titles. And there's also a right of way running through this land. So in my view, this is not something you can sell quick. Be careful. And it's going to involve some extra conveyancing work along the way. So beware who you sell it to. Be aware you won't get paid quick. That should help you with your fee. Now, can you imagine if we started to have that kind of conversation regarding most of the slightly larger properties or that you had a solicitor look over a property before you listed it so you knew in advance there were going to be legal hitches? That, to me, would be phenomenal smiling because I did it recently I'm quite lucky that um 
my mum, who I'm in business with, and my dad are both solicitors, so I've got access to that really, really easily. But we get the title deed, particularly if it's something complicated, we'll get the title deed and put it in front of um, my mum and say, right, what's going on with this? And we did it recently at a, at a big property, and we're then armed with that information to say, look, this isn't this isn't you know just a normal title. Um, but I think it's very rare that agents get it. We get it on every instruction, and occasionally we'll get it at valuation if we think there's something. Um, untoward but you're absolutely right that is a very small price to pay just three pound and I always think that if they're the right client for you when you turn up with that extra knowledge and show them the work that you've done that three pound could potentially win you the instruction oh I think it will and and not just that but you're also safeguarding your fees yes because if you know that it's going to be difficult to sell and you're going to get some fall throughs potentially and you know it's going to take you a long time to get paid, then you charge a fee commensurate with the work that you're going to do. And it's just smart commercial, you know, business sense, isn't it? And, and to me, it's just very, very logical. Unless you're certain you know what you're taking on, £3 investment to have a quick look, it's, it's, it doesn't cost a lot, but it can save an awful lot of heartache and money. Yeah, and there might be some that you look at and say, no, I don't want to get involved in that. Yeah, but the but you know the offer of the solicitor to do some upfront legal work to get the property repaired, get the deeds repaired, you know, get the title sorted out, all of that stuff could be done. Um, so to say to the client, well, you can do this. It's a bit more of a hit and miss with fingers crossed, but we can we can take it on and see how it goes, or we can get this title work done ahead of time, and then you'll put the property on, uh, and more likely to get this through really really fast for you. So ask the client what they want to do. They love you for it. And I think that's something that can be, you know, replicated. It goes right back to your um, statement earlier about waiting in the queue. Ask the client how they want this process to go, because if they've moved house before, in particular, they'll know that the process isn't easy. I always say to my clients, it's not an easy process to go through this, um, and we want to get it through as quickly as possible. But I probably don't actually sell the conveyancing as I should to get it through as, 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 as quick, quickly as possible. So that's certainly something that I've, I've taken from, from today, Claire. And um, before, before we go, we always like to ask a question that is sort of one thing that agents can do that doesn't cost any money that they can do within sort of a, you know, an hour or so of, of listening to the show. What do you think there's one thing that agents could do to improve the relationship with the solicitor is it just a case of pick up the phone and say look i've got these ideas let's sit down and talk about it or is there something even you know more straightforward than that that you think agents can can do to try and get their transactions through quicker and improve the relationships that they have with their solicitors so if they literally just jumped up and picked up the phone they're doing the very thing that we talked about before very good point send an email send an email just saying i've just um you know the thought has crossed my mind that we could be working smarter together I'd love to have a chat with you and we can discuss our ideas for, for um, ways that I can help the clients uh, and manage their expectations. So they're on the phone less to you and more to me. Um, when's a good time for you, for us to talk and have that meeting? So if you're an agency owner, have that meeting with the lawyers and talk about the challenges you're both having. Everybody has noticed that since the pandemic, people have become more difficult. And everybody knows that dealing with difficult people is time consuming and it can tarnish your reputation. So getting this bit right so that people walk away saying, I couldn't have done this without you. Thank you. is what we all want. And so anything you can do to improve the way that customer feels having sold or bought through you, has got to be a good thing. 
absolutely. It's, and you know, we always say people don't remember what you say, they remember how you make them feel. Yeah, so it's interesting. I was listening to one of your um, podcasts, the one with Ross Daniello, yeah. and you were talking about your experience of buying property, both of you, and how difficult it was. And, you know, people should go out and buy a property just to discover how challenging it really is as a buyer. And, and but, but one of the things that I think that people forget is having won the instruction, the life of the seller is not a happy one. <laughs> and, um, and they very rarely get a gift or a, or a big high five in the office when they're handing the keys in. They get that in the office that they go to to pick up the next set of keys. So um, just have a little think about it. We all hate making vendor calls. We all hate that. We hate telling them that we're not moving them when we dead said we would. But if we don't make those calls, we're never going to manage their expectations. And it's questioning that sometimes, will we get the repeat business? Will they become a raving fan? Or will they be going and telling everybody never again? And you can't control that conversation. So for me, remember the vendor, they tidy up, they make the house available for you to show them around. And they are the ones that are sitting there wondering if they made the right choice, are they right, the right people? And uh, I will be talking about it outside schools and everywhere in the town. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it goes right back to your initial point of um, appreciate the privilege of being the custodian of not just them, their property in you know, mm -hmm. what is such, a, such an important time. Claire, a, ma a massive thank you um, for, for joining us. Uh, Mike said that you speak both languages fluently and that was absolutely right. I think we've got some really interesting takeaways. On the training side of things, if anyone wants to contact you, is there a, is there a best way to do it? Is it LinkedIn? Do you want to leave an email address or anything like that? If people... Yeah, so I have a website and it's it's www.cyc for Claire, Y for Yates, training.works. So it's a really short one cytraining.works um so have a look at me on the website there's contact information there i'm on linkedin i'm on twitter it's trainer claire i think i've changed it once but it's trainer claire so yeah come and come and find me on social media i'm very much part of it and um, um love to help agents that are looking to create that feeling with their clients fantastic thank you very much really appreciate your time you're welcome a massive thank you once again to claire yates from cy training works uh, for joining us today as I said in the intro, loads of takeaways as to how we can improve the agents-list relationship. And ultimately, that's what Sam and I wanted to do um, with this mini-series, is give agents some ideas about how they can stop bashing solicitors, hopefully, because you know I know not all agents, but a lot of agents, we said right at the start, you can see the the trails on LinkedIn of agents bashing solicitors, solicitors bashing agents. And to be quite frank, it just it just can't can't really carry on. But Claire today, what she talked about as the solicitors being the ones that write our paycheck, I think is something really important to, to remember. And hopefully some of the ideas that she gave throughout the, the podcast can help us, you know, take some positive steps in into trying to do that. But just to break it down um very, very quickly. The world world class agency, um, Claire talked about it as as full cooperation and you know helping people move. And I know a lot of agents you know talk about it as a people, not a property business. So hopefully that's not forgotten. But I think one thing that probably as agents we do sometimes take for granted is being the custodian, as she called it, of properties, and just remembering what a privilege it is, and then taking that privilege and working collaboratively with solicitors, surveyors, financial advisors, all of those professional partners and actually working in partnership with them rather than 
you know, against them, maybe as, as some agents have been doing um, over the last couple of years as relationships have, have deteriorated. Claire talked again about managing that caseload as, Pete, as Peter did last week, which is definitely a question that I'm sure a lot of agents listening to the show are going to start asking um, their conveyancing partners. And she also talked about from the world-class conveyancing uh, perspective of managing expectations. I think that's so important from, from the solicitors um, side of things. But the really fantastic thing on that is you know, something so simple but actually could be so effective in, in managing timescales is where people have to make an appointment to speak to a solicitor. Why do, why does no one do that? And I think when she talked about six incoming calls per case per week, if you're working between 60 and 75 cases, that is almost an unmanageable workload on its by itself before you've started actually picking the file up and being proactive with it. So actually making those appointments to speak to solicitors could, could be a very simple way to try and manage their workload a little bit better. And I think one of the things that's come out of this series as agents is we've got to help them with that. And, you know, working together is something that was a real theme throughout today's episode, working together, you know, not just to create the value in conveyancing, um, but actually working together to give the client a better experience. And that when we are recommending conveyancing partners is something that we've got to take um control of and have a have a role in and i think that's really important you know one way we can do that is just you know asking the conveyances how much work they have on having an active role in in trying to manage their their workload i think and you know maybe the idea of having one update a week instead of four getting all parties on a on a zoom call that doesn't have to be very long you know you're not talking about having 60 hour Zoom calls because your conveyancing solicitor is looking after 60 cases, but actually it could be a smart way to try and manage manage their workload, something that we could certainly suggest to our, our conveyancing partners. And then throughout the episode, there was a lot of script and dialogue that she she alluded to, you know, the idea of evaluation, sitting down with people and saying, we've got a team of people to get you moving. We're the fundraiser. The solicitor is the one that arranges for you to lose responsibility of this house and make the move more efficient. And all of those, if you you know, want some scripts and dialogue and you haven't managed to write them down, the suggestion, listen back and, and, and do that because they're just some real sort of key takeaways that you could take and implement into your um, valuation pitch straight away. Um, and then, you know, just finally, I think one of the recurring themes to over the last couple of weeks is the training element in that agents should have conveyancing training and vice versa. Conveyancers should know what the agents are, are going through. And I think that's been a theme that, you can't be lost if you've listened to the last few episodes that actually if your um, team of um, agents don't know the conveyancing process, then that is definitely a, um, a need to get that resolved, get some training in place, make sure that they're not only trained in how the process works, but actually how the conveyances um, should be worked with, whether you've, you know, what you've decided, whether that's a Zoom call, you know, whether that's a weekly update as we discussed last week, but actually making sure that both sides of uh, the agent and conveyances are educated and that actually there's a process in place to make the, the um, transaction as smooth as possible to leave those clients in a position whereby they've had a good experience, whereby they are going to talk on the school playground about how uh, market moving works made the process completely straightforward by doing this, this and this. Um, so I think there's a massive responsibility from us as agents to take a proactive role in trying to help conveyances and trying to get them to you know manage their workload and 
actually helping them manage the clients, which is something that I took away from today that actually, you know, is not necessarily something that I've, I've thought in the past. Um, so a massive thank you once again to Claire for joining us. Loads and loads of value in that. Um, and as you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it on social media, share it with colleagues, reach out to Claire and thank her for her time. I'm Mark Worrell. He's not been Sam Hunter, but he will be back with us next week. And we'll see you again then.